0: This is a podcast about theater, the creative process, the unique problems artists face, and the unique ways we come to solve them. This is Putting Shit Together. Hello, welcome to Putting Shit Together. It's a podcast about theater production, the issues we have, and the ways we are fixing them. Um, I am the host, Nathan Hackenworth, Uh, and I really made this show because I am directing a production. I am directing my first ever production, technically my second, but this is the first time I've had the full time to work on it, and I wanted to just talk about it and then have this kind of medium to, to talk through my problems, and maybe by putting that out there, I'll find solutions to that problem. So... As I said before, I am Nathan Hackenworth and I am directing my very first show with the city of O'Fallon, their Parks and Rec department, O'Fallon Theatre Works. Uh, the show I'm directing is a little show called Trail to Oregon. Now it's made by Star Kid, Team Starkid and it's a, it's a very cult classic show. It basically is the story of the Oregon Trail using the knowledge of the video games and it relies heavily on audience participation. Uh, the entire audience gets to name the entire wagon party, and they even vote on who dies of dysentery at the end. Uh, it's a really fun show. Um, I picked it just because, as, as someone who is who sees a lot of community theater in the area, it's a show that is unlike anything that has been done in the area, and that was one of the main reasons I picked it. Also, it's a very cult classic show. And I just think that people would would enjoy seeing it and be able to take some people to see it. This was going to be my very, very first directing experience. I had not directed anything before, but I was was very involved in a lot of community theater in the area. I've done shows um, with community theaters in the O'Fallon, St. Peter's area, um, some out in the city, and I did a regional production over the summer. I got paid like, Two hundred dollars, and I felt I felt great for for the whole month of work. I was I was put in for that, Um, but I could I can now say I was I've gotten paid for acting, which was very fun. Um, But directing wise, it was going to be my first first directing experience, and I was not I was very nervous about that. Uh, So I decided that to join a uh, a production. Of Footloose as an assistant director, assistant director in quotes. um, Really, I was just going to be shadowing and just seeing seeing how they work and 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 getting experience just from from watching. Well, what ended up happening is that the director was not a good director. I've actually, I I feel really bad for saying that, but because I've known her for for years, uh, and this was actually going to be her first. Uh, directing experience out, out of college, she she has a degree in directing. It's crazy, um, but she w- was waffling around during rehearsal times, and, and it really, really caused a lot of issues with the production. Um, so much so that um, about a month, a little less than a month out of the sh- before the show, we had basically nothing done. And one of the producers came up to me and said, "Hey, we are going to, to basically kick her out of this production. We need a new director. Would you be willing to step in?" And it scared the shit out of me, um, <laughs> because this is a show that production had about sixty people in it, um, and a lot of it was a lot of people's like first shows coming back out of out of the pandemic. There was a lot of people whose first shows ever, um, and it was it was a community production. It wasn't a youth production, so they were all fairly old. So, you know, it wasn't like having to wrangle a bunch of kids. So I didn't have to worry too much about that. Um, still, with sixty people, you we're wrangling a lot. Um, but it it scared the shit out of me, and I didn't I didn't want to say yes. But I eventually had uh, another person come in. Uh, and we co-directed that show. Uh, but during that process, no one listened to the other director and they would only listen to whatever I gave them. So I basically directed that whole show, uh, and then she helped more on on the back end with with kind of getting lighting people and set design done, um, which was a good which was a good thing. she did a, she did a great job. Um, but after coming out of that, Knowing that I had my next show planned, that was a six-person show. was was a was a great weight off my shoulders. It was it was super super good. Um, but with this production, while I don't have to wrangle sixty people, I'm going to have a lot, and I mean like a lot of problems because this is associated with the city government. And they have a lot of issues and uh, not issues, but a lot of regulations that you have to to plan so far ahead where with other companies you can just do it probably day of and have no issues. One of these issues is with set design. So with City of O'Fallon, they used to be able to have um, build a second story on for sets. Um, it, it works out, it worked really great. Um, and you could do some really cool stuff with it. A few years ago, we had some people uh, what, what I was told were, were dance moms who who saw one of the sets, one of the platforms and started uh, freaking out that someone was going to get hurt on this platform. And they they complained so much to to the city that it became this new rule that we can't have a second story for the set. Um, it's got to be, we have a lot of limitations on that. Um, it's Over the years, it has relaxed a little bit, but there's still a lot of issues. Um, now, knowing that, when I pitched this show, I, I knew kind of what's basics that I was going to have. But even then, there's going to still be some stuff that I wanted that we're not going to be able to do because of these city rules. Um, The second one as well is with a lot of shows, if you're doing a show with a company, uh, if you're hiring out lighting and sound people, you can really hire them uh, kind of just out of pocket through just ask the company, through through the budget that you have uh, given for that show. With uh, the city government, we cannot do that. Um, if they, if we were to pay a, a lighting or sound person, they would have to create their own LLC business, and then we have to pay that LLC business, um, which for a lot of people is just too much work at all to get paid. And if they have other things lined up, they're just not going to do it. Now, uh, I will I will touch on this later about how we can kind of get through this, but really your options are don't pay them pay them out of pocket through yourself or have them make the llc but there's also a secret fourth one that we're in the process of doing that i'm going to touch on later in the episode um the next issue we have is uh communication with the government the city government is um, a little tough. <laughs> uh, it's so when I send an email out asking for the files to the show. So, with this show, because it's a smaller company, instead of sending out scripts like hard copy scripts or anything, they send a PDF of the files for the music and the script, and you print that out yourself. So, I we have the files, um, but it was only shared with. Uh, the basically the producer of this show, which is uh, one of the ho- heads of, of Parks and Rec. I emailed him saying, hey, I need these files. Can I come over and put it on a flash drive? And it was a rule with city government that we can't put flash drives in the computer. So he, what he decided to do was just keep on emailing these, uh, the creators of the, sh- the show saying, hey, can you put him on the google drive and this has lasted for about a month and um it it just ended up being they just emailed us back being like hey we have so many people uh licensing out the show that uh just download it and then find a way to give it to us but i have no reason to uh, get on that computer to to i can't go in and plug in my flash drive and i don't have the files there so it's just been a weird problem. Uh, it's a very unique problem to our show. Um, but, you know, we have we have time to get that. But it, it, it's one of the bigger issues on the early side. Um, and then also another problem we have is just kind of just the marketing of the show. I mean, this show, unless you are familiar coming into it, uh, it's not a show that people might gravitate towards um you know it's it's based off of the trail to oregon the video game um and you know we don't know who's who's going to see it and who's who's going to vibe with it um really but luckily this show is like kind of like a cult classic it's it got popular a lot um through a a, like a pro shot of it on youtube and it like got like millions and millions of views and uh it became popular through there finally the the last really problem i could really think of is that this show relies heavily on audience participation and mostly audience participation at the start of the show there really isn't any at the end um, so as I mentioned before, the audience gets to name the entire wagon party. So not having an audience prepped for that, and then spring that up on them, might cause some weird uh, audience participation at the start. Um, because a lot of the jokes that come from that is that the audience names them really silly things, and then we talk about it uh, during the show. Like we'll we'll mention a character. And, like, their they're name something silly, so we have to say that. But if we don't prep them ahead of time, we might get stuck with some really boring names and all of these jokes land flat. So that's one, uh, <laughs> one uh, albeit tiny, tiny problem we have with this show that we're going to have to find out about how to prep them early and, and really get them in that mindset. So... Uh, those are really all the problems we have. Now, we could talk about our strengths as well. I mean, again, it's a cult classic. Um, also, it's a small cast. I'm working with six people with this show, whereas before I was working with 60 people. So it's really easy for me to manage, manage people's time, um, really, really focus on everything, uh, and not have it to, like, people wrangle the whole time. But... What where that is a con is, uh, for for selling tickets, because when when I did have a show with sixty people, they could bring in you know their family, their friends, you know if each if each one of them sold four tickets, what that's two hundred and forty tickets just in the cast, um, you know you didn't really have to worry about about making money, and uh, you know having having the government or or whoever company you're working for, uh, be really I guess, anal about selling tickets. I mean, they're always going to be a little anal about selling tickets because they want to make as much money as they can. But when you had a big cast, you don't have to worry that too much. Um, but also a great strength is the, the sound and light people I have on board right now are are super, super good at what they do. Um, my sound guy, and, and, and this is also goes back to how we can't really pay people. Uh, it's, it's how it's a big... Uh, Big ordeal. Uh, My sound guy is wanting to start a workshop with City of O'Fallon for sound designing, and um, I have been in talks with him to kind of incorporate that workshop as a hands-on experience with designing the show I'm running. So basically, he can get paid from O'Fallon to teach these workshops, and I also get my entire show sound designed uh, from this class. Which, you know, we don't know if this is gonna work through or anything. We don't, he doesn't even know if, if he got the, the workshop like teaching position yet. So, uh, this is going to be, you know, as the time goes on, uh, something that we'll, we'll have set in stone. But other than that, um, my lighting guy is a person I went to high school with. Um, he just does sound, he does lighting design for everything um uh, and he lives really close so he didn't really call uh ask for too much so that's also something that's great um and so really that show i i'm very excited for it uh so it's a lot of like challenges from the show and uh you know challenges from outside but i think that overall the show's going to be a nice time. I don't think it's going to be too too much of a problem like it was with the last show i directed where i had 3 weeks to work on getting an entire show ready with 60 people <laughs> who do, who've never done a show before. But because of that and because i'm kind of a sadist and i and i put too much stuff on myself, i wanted to do more. I always want to do to challenge myself with something else. So these two challenges that I've just been sitting in my brain and what I've been chewing on like for months is this technical aspect of because of uh, the show being very reliant on, on audience participation and having them, you know, give out suggestions to to the cast What my idea was to fix this was to change how the stage is positioned to the audience. And what I mean by that is if you think of a normal stage, there's kind of that clear divide between the stage and the audience Uh, where I want to do that. And that's how it is in the space. Um, what I want to turn it into is is sort of kind of a thrust space, and if you're not uh, if you're not aware of like that technical term, uh, it basically just means almost like a runway where it comes out into the audience, and we're gonna have staircases going down so they can actually be go into the audience and have some scenes through there. So really getting up like kind of in this the audience's business a little bit, but to you know as a way to uh, you know emphasize the vibe of the show really get the audience in the headspace of they are an active participant in the show not just not just a watcher um but because of that also city government and the set design is a problem so it's this it's this idea that would work really well but also having to juggle these constraints from the city so That is something I've been chewing on, and and hopefully we can get this figured out. I've talked to my set designer, and I have no problems. I think we're going to have something really cool set up. Another thing, and this is me just wanting to do something completely out there, and just I had an idea, and I was like, how can I make that a reality, is... Um, in the cast recording of the show in the the act one finale they decided to put like post effects on uh the character who's singing the chorus and it's not it's not like hidden it's very in your face and it's not in the in the original stage show they just have him singing it uh, without any effects on it but it turns into this like chunky like rock metal number and I just wanted to know how I could do that live how do I make that post-production live with the budget we have so I'm working with my sound designer and hopefully with this class we can do something really cool with it but either having it go through a computer that will automatically. Uh, like digitally put that effect on it live or if we have to use an analog soundboard basically like running uh, a a microphone through like a guitar pedal almost and then turning that effect on whenever the the song reaches that point. And I don't know if it's in the budget we can do it Uh, Because we don't have too much in our budget. But if we can get that done, I think it would be like a really cool effect. And it it only lasts 30 seconds, and no one will probably notice it except me, and it would make me happy, so I'm going to try and do that. But it's just these little things that I really want to to have, really make it special, Uh, because this show is very bare-bones. And so, having things that are a little special, that are a little bit of our own ideas, put into this, would really, really make it our own. And, and I, and I kind of really want that. But but overall, I just I just wanted to use this podcast as a way to kind of just say my ideas out loud, and and really just figure out something that that people will will want to see. Uh, and yeah, hopefully with episode two, maybe I can bring on uh someone of my team, and we can and we can talk about that. If not, I can just talk more about the script because I have the script now, and I can just read stage directions that I think that they wrote specifically to try and make directors. <laughs> make directors go crazy trying to figure out how to do that because uh, there was a lot in there so yeah i just hope uh, you guys enjoyed music for putting shit together is provided by ludd and schlatz musical emporium the track the 25th hour composed by philip millman i hope you all have a great rest of your day and i hope i can see you next week for the next episode of putting shit together